0: Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And
1: I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 130. Today, we are talking about our takeaways from the 2023 OAKE National Conference. We'll also talk about highs and lows from the week, discuss some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment, share a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific
0: recommendations of our favorite things we are enjoying in or out of the music room. So grab your beverage of
1: choice and let's get started. So now it is time to talk about highs and lows. We are just coming off of spring break, so we have to think back a couple weeks to school. That seems so yeah. long ago. And yet spring oh. break went so fast, you know?
0: It, it goes. It's fast and it's slow. It's true.
1: It is. Yeah. So anyways, before spring break, Tanya, high or low?
0: Okay. I've got a low and it's a little, there's a lot to it, but whatever. I'll, I'll cut to the chase. Um, also a cautionary tale, a low and a cautionary tale. So I'm playing recorders with third grade, right? Nobody yeah. played recorders at the school that I'm at last year. Nobody played recorders the year before that and nobody ever played recorders the year before that because I think recorders were going to happen in the spring and then COVID and all of those good reasons for not playing recorders. However, at my school, they put the recorder fee like as part of an activity fee within a student account, which is great because for years and years and years, I've had to collect money, record money, you know, give that bundle of checks or cash to the secretary every day and all of that stuff, which is a lot of work to do that. Right. Selling recorders. I'm not, you know, I'm a music teacher. I'm not a recorder salesman, but I am anyway. So (laughs) I love this new system. However, I just recently discovered along with my principal and my principal secretary that the parents have been charged for a recorder for the last forever, for the last three years, the recorder fee did not go away when COVID happened. Right. And so now I'm at a recorder deficit, which thankfully due to my principal, we're going to be able to figure out. But so when I mentioned to fourth grade and fifth graders, Hey, we're going to play recorder. One fourth grader came back and said, you know, my mom said that she bought a recorder for me and we never got it. And I went, oh, hey,
1: uh-oh.
0: <laughs> uh-oh, looks like a couple years of kids never got the recorder. And it's just something that fell through the cracks, right? Right. Anyway, so that was just a little bit of a scramble for me, kind of freaking out about, wow, I owe a recorder to all of these students. And of course, who spent the budget? Me, I spent the budget. The music budget already, because, you know, you do that. Yeah. Um, I'm
1: surprised that, well, like you said, things fall through the cracks that your financial secretary didn't say, oh, and by the way, you have all this extra money in your budget because of these recorder fees.
0: Well, see, I have a new finance. we have a new principal's financial secretary.
1: Right. So she's new new and you're new. (laughs) She's new and
0: I'm new and we're like, hey, what happened? Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, you know, it's not awesome, but it's going to be resolved. And I just feel a little bit like, like I've got egg on my face because duh.
1: Certainly not your fault. I I know
0: it's, it's really nobody's fault. It's just. It makes sense why it happened, but now I'm like, wow, we're all playing recorder, but we got to get some recorders.
1: Yay.
0: Yay. Okay. So that was long and tedious. How about you, Carrie? What's going great?
1: Well, I was going to share a high from the week before spring break the same week we went to the Awakening conference um i took my kids to the symphony which was a lot in that same week of trying to be ready to go to the conference and all that to say the symphony trip was actually really really great so i just wanted to say yay for taking kids to the symphony it's a lot of work i took two grade levels so i had like 150 something kids um so it was a lot and i think next year i'll definitely just only take one grade level and take you know because i took fourth and fifth grade so i'm thinking well next year the fifth graders will have been to the symphony and even though they play different music maybe i'll take them somewhere different you know different performance opportunity but it's just it's so great we've talked about it before that you know it's a lot of work but it's worth it when you get them out of the four walls of the school and out experiencing live music you know most of them gave me really good feedback, that they really enjoyed it. You know, there's always a couple of kids that are like, eh, it was kind of boring. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. That's fine. But at least <laughs> – well, They might say that now.
0: They might exactly. feel that now. They might feel different later.
1: Yeah. You know? But most kids, the feedback was it was, it was what I thought it was going to be, which was good or even better than I thought it was going to be, which is always right. really great feedback. And, yeah, they were just – they really behaved well, and I was really proud of them. And, you know – it's always worth the time to prepare them. There have been some years I've taken kids to the symphony and for whatever reason, I just didn't prepare them as well as I should have. But I always notice when I actually prepare them well and they know the pieces and they know what to expect, they listen so much better, you know, when they know what to listen to. really listen do.
0: Yeah. I love it when a piece starts and the kids go,
1: Hey, I know this one. I know this one. Yeah. And for this particular, um, concert, I, I, wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get to all the pieces before we went so I created like a YouTube playlist with videos from all the not necessarily Colorado Symphony performing but whatever you know group I could find and I shared it with their classroom teachers and so the couple weeks leading up to the concert I know a lot of the classroom teachers were playing the music either in the background while the kids were writing or they would actually, like, pull up the video and watch, you know, a bit of it, um, you know, during a brain break or whatnot. What a so. great
0: idea. I have never done that. that yeah.
1: Is yeah. Yeah, just created that little playlist and shared it away. And um, oh, my phone is buzzing. Sorry. Um, So, yeah, I mean, and so even the classroom teachers, when we were there, like, oh, yeah, this is my favorite piece. I remember listening to this one. So they were even more into it. But it was just a great thing. You know, take your kids to concerts if you can, if they're somewhere near you. It's always worth it.
0: And it's time for our main theme. We are relatively fresh off of the latest O-A-K-E, that's the Organization of American Code Educators Conference. This year it was in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, Saw so many people, saw so many sessions, and we just wanted to give a short little recap of our time in Jacksonville. And really we wanted to first start out with why do we bother? Why go to Oak? You know, it's one thing to belong to our organization, um, but then it's quite, uh, it's, let's be honest, it's your time, it's your money, it's your effort, your energy to go every year to a national conference. And um, you know, there's been years that I've not gone but I've gone pretty consistently over the last, mm, I don't know, many, many years. And, um, there's always something that I take away from an Oak conference. So if nothing else, it's the camaraderie of other like-minded music teachers that I have kept in contact with. You know, there are people who live all over the country that I just get excited to see and just touch base with. Um, as a music teacher, but also just like as another, as a peer, as friends. So there's that for sure. But Oak in particular, I am drawn to more than say my state CME, uh, C. Oh, sorry, NAFME conference or even though I, I know people there, right? So when we go to CMEA, which is our Colorado NAFME concert uh, conference, we do see lots of people we know across the state of Colorado. Um, but I, I just know when I go to Oak, I'm going to go to sessions that are coming from other music teachers who have had the same training as, as I have, who are dealing with the same issues that I am. It just makes a difference that it's specialized to Kodai inspired teachers, right? That's not to say that all the sessions are Kodai inspired sessions. Of course, there's we ha- there was a few Delcros sessions there. I know Andrew Ellingson did a ORF and Kodai together session. So there's sessions that you know you can definitely branch out from traditional Kodai inspired teaching mindset. But I just I know I'm going to take away things that I can use in my classroom or even big ideas that I can really just um, start investigating, which and we'll talk. But for me, this past conference, I took away a lot more bigger conceptual ideas that I'm going to be thinking about. Um, and researching and reading more, then I took away practical ideas. That's not to say I didn't take away wonderful practical ideas, but I just am at a time in my life, in my career, I guess, where I'm really thinking about some big conceptual things and how Kodai-inspired teaching and music education in general fits inside of these big umbrella concepts. And it's it's exciting. So yeah. it keeps me energized. Um We only have two more months of school basically, but I'm like excited to be a music teacher and to go jump back into my day-to-day school life with the knowledge of some of these things from people who are in my same um, position in other places in the country.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Same, same ditto, same Zs. You know, again, not to, to knock a state conference because there's plenty that one can get from those as well. But if you're looking for something that's a little more specific to what you teach and how you teach, especially if you have had Kodai training, but even if you haven't, there's always sessions that are more, you know, um, you know, just singing games and different folk music, but maybe like a specific niche of folk music, you know, like we're going to talk about Our friend Naomi presented a session about you know Jewish songs for for the music classroom so you know there's there's definitely specific routes, you can take. Um, Something else I appreciate about oak, even though it's not something that I necessarily take advantage of is there is an instrumental track and there's secondary choral track so. Please don't think that the Oak conference is only for us elementary music teachers, while we definitely have lots of sessions that are geared towards elementary teaching, there are other sessions as well, so you know, especially if. If the conference happens to be somewhere that's close to where you live, it's definitely something to look into, even if you've never been before, because there's just always something one can get out of it. It's pretty exciting. Definitely. And then on top of the sessions and everything else, there's also choir concert that's always fabulous. So it's like a, an honor choir experience from students all over the country. They have to be sponsored by or auditioned by um, an OAKE Member, that's correct, right? It has to be a member. So yes, yes. these are students of OAKE teachers. Um, so, you know, just really amazing, beautiful choral singing. And every time I go to those concerts, while I'm not sitting there going, oh, yeah, that's a piece I could do with my elementary choir because these are honor choir situations, it's still just such an experience just to hear beautiful choral singing from youth and from children. And like you said, just to be inspired again to go back in my classroom and, and just do more with my own students. It's always very inspiring. That's really,
0: it it is. is. It's extremely inspiring. I always get, um, a little teary. I I just can't help myself every day, every concert (laughs) at the Oak, at the Oak conference. It just, it's just a moment or two where I just get misty and just so inspired by those students who have worked so hard and, um, are enjoying singing together. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, let's just talk about a few. We're not going to break it down day by day, session by session, but we're just going to talk about a few that just really stuck out to us, um, are making us think a little differently. And I want to start by giving a shout out to our keynote speaker, Nicole Robinson. She did a keynote speech on our opening session and I just pulled it up. It was called The Right Environment Building Belongingness in the Classroom. And, um, If you were there at the conference, you were able to sign up for her newsletter, and she sent an email with just some bullet points and some notes and takeaways from her keynote speech. But, you know, it was really talking a lot about equity centered leadership and what that looks like. How do we make space for people for our students Um, and and just really honing in on that dei work that we can bring back into our own buildings. I just, yeah, it wasn't like music specific necessarily, but that's okay too. You know, just thinking more big, like you mentioned, bigger picture, bigger, broader picture of, of how can we make that equity work come to life in our, in our classroom?
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. And then as far as like sessions go, I already mentioned, um, a session that I attended, I actually hosted this session was, of um, Our friend Naomi Cohen from New York, and she did a session about uh, Jewish music in, in the music room. And um, this session was was originally supposed to be presented by Rachel Tannenblatt. Am I saying that yes. her last name correctly? But yes. unfortunately, Rachel was not able to be there. So Naomi jumped in and presented the session with Rachel's blessing and just full, chock full of amazing God, no. songs and activities and things to do. There was so much song literature
0: and I really loved how Naomi shared personally, okay, in my family, we do this tradition with this song and that this is, you know, she really, I just loved hearing um, the context of all of these different songs and dances. And I have, you know, I it just, there's just a world out there that I'm not familiar with and just putting it all together with this is a song that's typically sung at this time of year. And let's talk about this holiday and what it is and what it isn't. And, and that was just rare for me. I it's been a very long time since I have really um, delved in deep to Jewish music. So that was wonderful to hear and see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my priority this, this year going to Oak was um, to attend sessions that just had um a wide variety of song literature just to add new songs to my personal collection so that was one session that i just really appreciated for that very reason just lots of really great music and activities to do with them so thank you naomi and rachel because um i know rachel put a lot of work into it um ahead of time and it was yeah really great session yeah how about you tanya what was one that really okay bounced around in your
0: brain well, um, I need to give a shout out to Lorena Code, who is in Chicago, and she had a session called Let Children Lead, Framing Meaningful Discussions Through Musical Play, and it was just an excellent session where she did, you know, traditional, well, not um, traditional within a sense of every Kodai teacher knows these songs, but I mean... She did songs of other cultures that, you know, were were wonderful. But it wasn't just that; it was really focused on letting kids, um, the children in your class, lead those discussions. So she was very thoughtful um, about the questions, the open ended questions that she attached to, you know, a particular singing game or a particular activity or a book that connected to a specific folk song from another country. And I really appreciated that because those are the kind of details that I mess up is I you know, will find myself in the moment because I haven't planned well, asking a, questions that have a definitive answer. And it was really great to see someone who was asking questions that were more open-ended that will lead to discussions, which is a very, you know, that's not a, a this is something I should be doing. It's just a reminder of this is something that I should be doing. Um, and then when we talk about social justice, we're not um, presenting it that way in our classroom as far as, hey, everybody sit down and let's have a meaningful conversation about social justice. We know that it doesn't work. We know that that's not appropriate, Um To present things in that way, but she just had wonderful ideas of how to bridge the understanding of the culture, the music, the game, the literature with questions that we can be letting students lead conversations with, and not long conversations, not stopping the world for these conversations, but just like planting seeds of... Inquiry within students. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I was able to attend most of that session before I had to run off to a meeting. But, um, I like you said, I really appreciated that it wasn't the stop the world, let's stop teaching music and talk about this instead. Everything was woven into the music in such an organic way. And it wasn't necessarily something that could would take up too much time. I mean, you right. do have to make space and you do have to make time for those conversations, but it's a balance, right? We can't right. stop teaching music to just do that. Um, but I think everything she presented was very, you know, manageable, very doable and just within the context of age-appropriate, child-friendly and yeah, just really lovely stuff. She's, she's definitely thinking in the right path as far as where a lot of us need to be moving with our, with our own classrooms. And like you mentioned, the planning piece, I think is so important. It's not just right. something that you're going to come up with off the cuff. And I say you, meaning all of us, um, right. <laughs> me personally. Which is what
0: I tend to do. Exactly. I, I think through, how are we going to get to low law? very thoughtfully sure but I don't think to how am I going to um, tie this song from Ghana into my third graders day-to-day life like that is it 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 require requires and deserves as much planning and she's just just like you said so organic and very thoughtful and had some thinking routines that I really would like to incorporate I would love to see a whole day of of her yeah um, cuz boy it was just it was so rich and musical and it it was all connected and this is the piece that i think i need more in my music classroom is the connection is to really have students experience that connection between the culture and the song and the activity
1: right yeah Well, and then speaking of planning, then let's talk about our Sunday Spotlight session, which was with the amazing Nyssa Brown. Um, She did a session called, uh, let's see, I'm going to make sure I get this correct, Concept-Based Inquiry and Transfer in the Kodai Inspired Classroom. And, um, you know, so much of this is this shift of you know, how many of us were taught in a, in a Kodai training program of how to plan. And we're really thinking concept to concept and skill to skill, but what Nissa is challenging us to think, and, you know, it was only, you know, two hour session of something that definitely could be a week long workshop. And it is, I mean, this is Nissa's work that she does with her, with her company, um, music Ed. Forward, did I say that correctly? Yes, Music Ed Forward. And you know, Nissa, she has a whole consulting um,
0: operation with Music Ed Forward. She also has a podcast and she also has free material to musicedforward.com. That's a direct link to all of Nissa's wonderful thinking. Um, And it's just wonderful stuff that I need to sit with more. And I think her way of presenting this concept based inquiry was just I I really valued these these pathways of thinking because honestly I've been one of those people in the past who has been frustrated when our Colorado music standards come out and they don't they don't settle on skills they settle on bigger concepts which I now you know, after this workshop, I have a better understanding of why, but what's missing, I think oftentimes, especially when we're doing PDs that are not music ed based, but they say, but apply it to music ed. Right. What's wonderful about Nissa is that she does have the music ed and Kodai background to translate it to an arts person. And that yeah. is really important that, that she needs to be, working for him. Like every school district.
1: What they know. We just need to clone her and yeah. put a NIST on every district because that's what it is. It's, you know, and she talked about that. It's just speaking the same language. You know, when we go to these PDs in our district and it's all about unpacking scan- standards and, you know, right. curriculum mapping and all these things. And it's like, okay, yes, this is when I teach Tan TT And then <laughs> you talk to your district people and they're like, they're not seeing the connection of what we do to how they think about unpacking standards and, and this inquiry-based model so So, you know, it's kind of that a lot of stuff we already do, but maybe think about it differently and just be more intentional in the planning of it. Um, Yeah, like you said, I I definitely have a lot more thinking and digging to do when it comes to all of that, but um, just really great. And, you know, she led us through a lesson and kind of pointed out to us as we were going through it. Here's this mode of thinking. Here's where I took you next. And, you know, even as second graders in a classroom, what deep real thinking we were doing and not just sing this song do this game sing this song do this game it was definitely more interactive and more exploratory which is what we want in a kodai inspired classroom we want kids exploring we want kids joyfully making music and creating and so just yeah coming at it from a different angle but also realizing we're already doing a lot of it you know it's not about reinventing the wheel it's just about making those tweaks And she
0: continued to say, you know, all of these skills, all these music literacy skills, these are all important things, but we need to go further and deeper. Um, And our district, Carrie, many years ago, they, uh, for a while, were floating this idea of the 40-year plan, like a student in 40 years from now, what do you want them to remember? And what should have stuck from their education here in our district. Right. And so it's more of that thinking. I think the problem that districts and schools run into is that they present this kind of conceptual thinking at the wrong time. Yeah. So the beginning of the school year, when, right. when teachers are like, I got to, you know, make the room a certain way or i've got to get ready i've got to write everybody's name on the little plaque on their desk like that's what teachers are consumed with like how do we start my our first reading lesson how do we like begin like the real practical stuff is yeah. the that's the wrong time of the year yeah to hit teachers with this big conceptual because i like many teachers are like well that's nice but um I got to think about my seating chart right now. Right, exactly. I can't, right. So, but when is a right time? And that's the problem is that we don't have a good organic time within the school year to dig into this kind of work and we should be given that. So, I know I'm getting off track, but like all that to say, we should have this kind of training that Nissa in just 2 hours just you know, we barely I think got to the tip of the iceberg. Everybody should have this training and it should be paid time and it should happen at a time where we're not consumed with kids are coming next week.
1: Right. Yeah. I don't know this. Yeah. It's like we, so what do they usually give us four days or whatever before students come back? That's not enough time to no, do all and,
0: that and stuff. You're not going to have my attention yeah. the first days before I, I have things to do. I, I know what I need to do to get rolling and I don't have time to think deep right now.
1: You know right. what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, but yeah. So if you're if you're intrigued by Nessa's work, like Tanya said, we'll we'll put the link to her her work in our show notes. And you know she does presentations for school districts, or even multiple school districts. Districts could come together to do a virtual thing. You know, she's very accommodating. So if this is something you are needing in your district or in your life, Nessa's your gal. <laughs> yes.
0: And that said, all of these people that we've mentioned and more who presented sessions are available. I'm sure, you know, to do <laughs> sessions for your chapter, for your state and uh yeah, I would love to have any of the people we've mentioned, I would love to have them come out well, to Colorado and well, do
1: while while well, you mentioned that, let's also do a shameless plug for ourselves, Tanya, because we did, we did a present session. a session. <laughs>
0: and it was a lot more conceptual than what I'm used to.
1: I know. Which... We're so yeah. used to song and game, song and game, song and game. But this was uh, Bright Ideas for New Performance Traditions. So we talked through some different ways to approach performances through either informances or creating your own musicals or creating your own concerts. And, you know, a lot of it became a big, giant group discussion. People were chiming in and giving suggestions, asking questions, um, and it really was a lovely time. I really enjoyed our time with the group that we had. Everyone was so lovely and welcoming and gave ideas to each other and supportive of each other. You know, we're all kind of dealing with this monster of performance and what does that look like and what are the expectations being put on us from our administration or parents or whoever else, your external people, you know, but how can we stand up for ourselves and say, no, this is what's better for kids. This is a a better experience for students um, than stopping the world to put on a show. Right. So, and
0: so many people had such excellent suggestions, really practical suggestions of, Hey, have this research ready to show administrators and Hey, make a case of let's like you just said, what's best for kids. Um, it was great. It could have been a panel discussion, really, Carrie. It really. It really. I, it I felt like it was a dressed up panel discussion. It which was. is so different for us because I, I just, you know, I'm most comfortable like, okay, everybody make a circle and let, let's sing. No, we did that thing. a little bit. <laughs> we did that a little bit. Yeah, because you have to have some of that. But um, you know, it was very interesting to hear everybody else's takeaways. And I just, that's, that's why we go. I love hearing other people. I mean, I had big takeaways from our own session of things that people said that I thought,
1: oh, hey, I I need to try that. I I know, right? We were learning too, so all that to say, if you are interested in that session or another session, Tanya and I would love to come and present for your chapter or your area. You can contact us through our website, MusicTeacherCoffeeTalkPodcast dot There is a page on there where you can get a hold of us. So, um, yeah, now is the time to to be booking presenters for next year. So oh, we'd wow. love to come see you. We would. Bring us
0: out. Okay. So Carrie, um, as far as final takeaways from this year's OAKE conference, uh, like we keep saying, you should be attending professional development. It enriches you. I mean, I know it's time, it's money, it's effort, but for me, I don't know if I didn't go to Oak, this time of year, I think my last two months of teaching would look very different. I yeah. I just find it energizes me. But so you should be maybe looking for workshops, presentations in your area before the end of the year. I know that you know a lot of people are like just chug, 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 get me to the end of the year. However, we can. It could be helpful to you as well yeah. to get some fresh ideas um, and just connect with people who are doing what you do. You also might want to think about checking out any kind of Kodai levels program in your area. Um, if you're more orphan inclined or Delco's inclined, I know there's lots of summer sessions that happen in all of these music ed circles.
1: Yeah. Um, Something that I know I had lots of side conversations with people about during the OAK. O-A-K-E conference is just the importance of in-person professional development. And of course, you know, we were preaching to the choir there because we were all there at the conference. But, you know, we talked about the double-edged sword that is social media content and that is, you know, online professional development. And while I've partaken in those things, I understand there's a need for those things. I understand there's times you just can't get to something physically. Just the importance of still attending things you know, maybe make it a goal once a year I'm gonna either go to a workshop or do some sort of a training, but not to completely let that go. We can't we can't let that tradition go away because it is so important and it is so much more meaningful, I think, to be in person, especially depending on the content. So yeah, a Kodai levels training program or or for Del is like you can't get that online, people. You just can't. <laughs>
0: so Well you can try. It's just different, you know it's totally it's different. Just different. When you stand up and you do the thing. Um it's, it it's so in your much, brain. Yeah, it just it just sticks in your brain. Um, yeah. also we want to give a shout out to all the people that came up and said hi. Oh yeah. Thank you. Uh for we had a couple people buy us coffee too, and that was yeah. lovely. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, please always say hi. We <laughs> um love hearing that people listen. Yeah, and, uh, it's just <laughs> a thrill, not just not just for our egos, but just like to know there's like-minded people out there. It's so awesome. Right.
1: Yeah. And it's helpful to know that when we do this thing, you know, that we enjoy doing every other weekend that people are actually listening and that it's worth our time and energy.
0: So thank you. So thank you for being there and being here and listening. Yeah. Um, And maybe we'll see you next year because the OAKE conference Go ahead, Carrie. I know you want to take it.
1: Oh, no. Go. I was just excited. No, because it's near your... your hometown so you it's in play. chicago which is not really my hometown i grew up i know nearby two hours from there but um no this is i mean people are already a buzz about this conference first of all it's it's the 50th anniversary conference which is super exciting yes and yes it is in chicago march 14th through 17th so yes that means chicago on saint patrick's day when they dye the river green and you know all those i bet such... you'll find some green beer if that's your thing oh i'm Sure. But no, really just the, the excitement and momentum that's already being talked about for this next conference. You know, it's always easier when it's in the middle of the country, more accessible to get to. We understand that completely. So definitely put it in your calendar now. You will not want to miss it. OK, March 14th through 17th
0: in Chicago. Should we also mention just really quick, because um, coming up in August, the IKS, that's the International Kodai Society, uh, is having a conference and it happens to be in Los Angeles, which is awesome because it's local, well, local meaning it's national and it's not held in Hungary
1: um, or somewhere
0: else that's hard to get to. So that is July 31st through August 4th, uh, 2023, Los Angeles. And if you go to ikssymposium2023.org. You will find information for that conference. Unfortunately, I will not be able to go. It is sandwiched between Colorado State codi levels and the beginning of the school year, and I have a I have a senior who will be going to college, and I need to soak up my family time while I can. Right. So it's just a it's that little bit of time that I just need to, I need to be with my people.
1: Yeah, my it's a tricky people. time of year. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll link to all of it. I believe for that one there, it will also be a virtual option as well. So if that's a tricky time of year as well for you, dear listener, maybe you might consider the virtual option just because travel at that time might be really difficult. But if you are able to make it, that sounds like a really great conference. I'm not sure if I'll be able to go yet or not, but um, yeah, it will link to all the info in the show notes yes. So now it is time for our segment that we call Know Better, Do Better, where we think about something from our classroom could be literature or a practice or a big idea, just something we're doing to be more inclusive in our classroom. So Tanya, what would you like to talk about?
0: Um, I just wanted to talk about an idea. I've been thinking a lot about um, song literature, of course, coming off of OAKE and how things um, are shifting as far as, I-, I had several conversations with people about the body of traditional code American Kodai uh, collection of folk songs and, and literature and all that, and how that's shifting and becoming much more inclusive. And that's all great. But I want to talk about the idea of nostalgia and how nostalgia is a powerful, I don't want to say drug, I just want to say a a powerful mindset. Um, And that I know that in growing up, Let's just talk about problematic songs. There's several problematic songs that I won't do in my classroom now that I do have nostalgia connected to. And I just want to make a case for understanding the contradiction in oneself where it's acceptable that you might have nostalgia that is brought on by a specific song or book or story or even like an idea of how we might think of Early United States, that it's okay to have that nostalgia and also understand the harm that it has done to specific peoples, and that we're full of contradictions, um, and that you know it's it's something to think through. Um, also, because every once in a while, I see on group chats on social media, people will defend a specific song based on their nostalgia of it. Right. And I just think it's important to understand what a powerful force nostalgia is that you can have that and still understand that it's not appropriate to sing fill in the blank song in your classroom. That doesn't mean that you have to shame yourself from days where you didn't know better and do better or when you were yourself a child and enjoyed X song or story or whatever, but that we have to understand that now that we are able to intellectualize these things that we need to not have nostalgia rule over decisions of literature or even ideas in our classroom. Great point. And now Carrie will tell us how to work smarter, not harder.
1: This is just a goofy thing. Um, so if you have a doc camera, um, I have a doc camera, and I, you know, use it quite often for projecting things. But I kind of accidentally stumbled on just a goofy thing, you know, for melodic dictation, which I don't know about you. Melodic dictation is not always the most exciting of adventures in my classroom. And there's times where I definitely want students using technology, and we can notate that way. And there's times where we're using the mini erasers on the staff, and we can notate that way. But there are just times where they need to put either a pencil or a dry erase marker to a piece of paper because they need that physical motion of drawing note heads going in a space or over a line, you know, like that's a skill that that kids kids need to have. So I was doing melodic dictation with third graders. They were practicing low law on the staff specifically in F do, so that the low law was D below the staff, so that that motion of drawing the note head close to the line but not going over it. Hanging by its hair, as I call it. So the whole goofy thing with the dot cam is I was I have my dot cam position where it's at my desk. So I can sit at my desk and I can do you know, project up what I'm drawing. And then I remembered the good old freeze button on the dot cam. So what I would do is I would freeze the the dot cam so that they were seeing a blank staff. And then I would sing a pattern, they would notate it. And while it was frozen, I would notate it on my staff. And then I would count to three and I would hit unfreeze and then poof, the answer would magically appear on the screen because I had written it while it was frozen. And then it was unfrozen. Just see what I'm saying. It's like
0: manual Google Slide
1: (laughs) tricks. But just that goofy thing, the kids are like, oh, like when the answer was revealed and they could see if they got the right answer, they were super jazzed about it in a dorky way, which I completely appreciate. So anyways, if you have a dot camera and you're looking to jazz up some melodic dictation or any other activity, don't forget your freeze button. The freeze button is fun because you can freeze it and then unfreeze it. And uh, it's like things just magically appear.
0: You know what's awesome also about the, the freeze button? is you can freeze a page of music and then take it away so that you can like, you know, go up to an individual student and point something out or yeah. like on that page.
1: Yes. I've done so that too. Cool too. Yeah. Or like I've, yeah, I've had it, where I've put it up there, I've frozen it. And then I brought the book to the kid and then I let them look closer. Cause maybe site-wise yeah. they were having a hard time seeing it on the board or whatever. Yeah. Freeze it's button good. on doc cams, really exciting stuff. <laughs> So now it is time for our CODA section, where we give a recommendation of something we are enjoying either in or out of the classroom, but I'm guessing it's out because it's been spring break, right, Tanya?
0: Yes. (laughs) And between all these big ideas, I've needed some um, not not deep thinking um, (laughs) entertainment options Uh, right after the Oak Conference. I flew back to Denver, and then the next day with my family, we went out to San Diego for um, a little spring break trip, and so I've had a lot of playing time, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, Um, and I finished some books, but actually, I'm going to talk about television. Okay. Because uh, San Diego was kind of cold and rainy, so we spent some time not outside by the ocean like we wanted um you know and tv happened so uh there's lots of excellent series out right now that just dropped but i'm gonna mention daisy jones and the six because i read the book i think i even brought mentioned the book in a coda many years ago i don't know
1: i'm pretty sure you have because i recognize i have yeah
0: so if you enjoyed the book uh the The series is very faithful to the book. Um, And it's funny because I've been watching the series and now I went back to the book just to go, oh yeah, I forgot about that bit. Anyway, so I'm kind of rereading the book now, but it's a good book. It's not, um, you know, particularly heavy and the series does a very good job with the source material and the songs are good which was shocking because usually these things you're like well this music's not very memorable but the songs are pretty good and all the uh, actors do a great job um it's really it's it's pleasant it's a fun watch and everyone has very nice teeth and is very attractive um so there you go
1: (laughs) (laughs) What, what streaming service or channel or whatever is it on Oh, boy. Daisy Jones and the Six is on Amazon Prime.
0: So. Oh, okay.
1: Well, I need to read the book first, and then I'll watch
0: it. Uh, you know, not necessarily. You
1: don't need to read the book first?
0: No. I mean, this is one, like, I I enjoyed the book, because um, growing up, I was a huge Fleetwood Mac fan, and, you know, it's not entirely, it's a fictional band that was loosely based on Fleetwood Mac, and it shows and uh, so talking about nostalgia, I don't have a problem dipping my toe into the nostalgia of 1970s California rock scene, rock and roll scene. You know, it's, it's fun. Nice. All right. And you?
1: Um, I want to talk about television, too. And this isn't something that's new, but, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, interest right now in Ms. Taylor Swift because of her current show and i don't know if you've been reading anything about it tanya but everyone's going nuts over taylor swift's new show that it's supposed to be this really fantastic show so in my attempt to make sure i know quote unquote what the kids are listening to these <laughs> what days, the millennials are listening to these, well yeah. no i mean i I've never, I can't say I call myself a Taylor Swift fan necessarily, but I've definitely listened to her music quite a bit. I mean, I have a, an 11 year old daughter, so that just kind of comes with that territory. So anyways, I watch. there's a documentary called Miss Americana about Taylor Swift. That's I on Netflix. This. Yes. I, yeah. I've not seen it. I mean,
0: I'm I'm neutral about it. I think
1: she's, she's lovely. And
0: I don't listen to Taylor Swift. Actually, my 13-year-old daughter's the opposite of a Taylor Swift fan, whatever yeah. that means, um, has been given to uh, wear slipknot t-shirts recently, anyway. not ironically, so whatever. That's uh, right. But yeah, no, I saw about this documentary. I heard it was very delightful.
1: Yeah, it was. And it just made me appreciate, you know, I mean, she was so young, you know, as we know, when she really started, she was just still 16, 17 years old. So to grow up, I mean, does anyone who grows up in that type of scrutiny and spotlight, especially during the age of social media, I mean, God bless you if you're dealing with that anyways, you know, and she talks a lot about, you know, women empowerment and things she's had to deal with being a female artist and, you know, whether or not do I go political, do I not go political, especially coming from the country music realm. So it was just, you know, I really appreciated hearing her voice in this documentary and then that led right into because you know it was right there next to it on, on netflix they have a, a, a recording of her concert a few years ago from her reputation tour um which musically i i don't think is necessarily her strongest but you know again just seeing her as a performer she is quite a performer i must say so anyways i don't i don't like say i'm the biggest t swift fan all of a sudden but i do have respect for her as an artist and um i appreciate the things that she stands up for and speaks out about i think it's just good stuff so there you go if you're curious about taylor swift and you didn't know as much as, as <laughs> i've never heard of this taylor swift want to learn yeah. about this taylor swift person um there you go it's all on netflix
0: We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk.
1: If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. And we always appreciate folks buying us a coffee, so look for that link on our show notes and on our Facebook page. Until next time, this is Carrie. And
0: this is Tanya wishing you happy musicing.